0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk AI, our podcast where we can hear from AI researchers about what's actually going on with AI and what is just clickbait headlines. I am Andrey Krenkov, a third year PhD at the Stanford Vision and Learning Lab. And today we're going to have a slightly different type of episode from things we've done before. So before, we've usually discussed weekly news or we've interviewed uh, people in AI. And this time uh, we're going to try to have more of a chat among a few people I've known and worked with at Stanford. And we're going to focus primarily on a project we collaborated on, which is The Gradient, uh, which is an online sort of community driven magazine centered on AI and machine learning. I'll quickly read through a longer description. The Gradient is a digital magazine that aims to be a place for discussion about research and trends in artificial intelligence and machine learning. We provide accessible and technically informed overviews of what's going on in AI, as well as a platform for perspectives on recent developments and long term trends. In short, the gradient points in the direction of the field. And uh, it's been live now for more than two years. There's been dozens of articles. It's sort of grown, um, I would say, more than I expected. So, um, yeah, it might be interesting to reminisce on how it started and what was the motivation and uh, how it went. So with me today are Hugh, Adi, and Nancy, uh, who were formerly classmates at Stanford, now all graduated and moving on to bigger and better things. So to start with, how about uh, I'll let each of them introduce themselves.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Andre. I'm uh, Hugh. I just graduated with a degree in economics from Stanford. And next year, I'll be working at Facebook's AI lab on game theory and machine learning. Uh, everything's still up in the air at this point, of course. But I'm planning to apply to grad school in machine learning this fall and uh, do more research from that point on.
0: Cool. And then Adi, how about you do a quick self-intro?
2: Sounds good. Uh, I'm Adi. I just graduated with a degree in math from Stanford. I'll be starting a master's program in computer science, uh, focused largely on statistical learning theory. And, uh, and yeah, I think uh, also probably will apply to
0: grad school in AI. Cool. And last but of course not least, uh, Nancy.
3: Very sweet, Andre. Hi there, Nancy. Uh, Like Audie and Hugh, we met through Stanford. I've been out for about a year now, and I was an undergrad at Stanford studying math and computer science, and um, recently left and and worked for a while with uh, the CEO of a genome sequencing company called Illumina, and then now at a startup that focuses on AI uh, for automation.
0: Great, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this conversation among the four of us will go. If it'll, you know, make any sense at all to the listeners, but uh, we're gonna try and make it work. And uh, to start with, maybe I can introduce my involvement and why I thought of doing this episode. So I have been uh, helping edit and sort of uh, invite people to write for the Gradient for a while uh, from pretty much uh, early on in life before it was even live on the internet and actually the way i got involved was that i was invited by nancy to write an article so at that point i had already been blogging on my own site and writing kind of uh, little uh, little things and somehow uh, I had Matt Nancy beforehand, and she suggested I consider writing for this new online magazine that she and some people at Stanford were creating. So, um yeah, from that point on, I had an idea and I actually got started on it. And that's how I got involved. And somehow since then, I have... Uh, Joined the team to some extent and uh, helped other people write blogs and edited many things. And it's been really interesting to see how this project took off. So, given that, maybe I'll ask Nancy uh, can you tell us how you got started with Gradient and uh, what is sort of your view on the origin story uh, from the early days?
3: Absolutely. It's funny, Andre, how you remember that story. And I actually, it's It's really thanks to folks like Andre, um, who were some of our first writers for The Gradient, that we were able to get it kicked off the ground. Um, We were just talking about this earlier, and I think one of the first memories I have of getting The Gradient started was, originally it was just Hugh, Audie, myself, and actually we had one more person. Uh, Eric, who's unfortunately not on the call today, sitting together in uh, a coffee shop at Stanford called Coho. And at the time, Adi, who was sort of the glue between all of us, had brought us together and we'd all known each other peripherally and in different communities at Stanford. And was like, why don't we start an AI magazine? And and this was before all of these AI podcasts and and large sort of AI publications had started. Um, And really, at the time, there was basically just this bill and maybe some academic blogs. And we fundamentally felt that there was this gap between what the media portrayed AI as being um, which oftentimes was this catastrophic force that would take jobs away from people and overrule humanity and um, and really what was truly happening um, at these academic institutions and, and also in industry as well. And and really the sort of human elements of, of the and oftentimes exponential progress that was happening in AI. So going back to the coffee shop, four of us were sitting there trying to figure out how to get this thing started. We looked at each other. Neither of us had ever started an online magazine in AI before. Like, frankly, we never. none of us had ever started an online magazine before. And, um, and we decided that the first thing we were going to do was basically sit down together and write um, a letter of what we thought would be what the values that we cared about for the organization. And that sort of started um, and became our first ever post on the gradient, which was... Uh, an open letter from the editors and a big part of that that initial letter which we, we I think we wrote in January of 2018 or early 2018 was was that we wanted to push access in the space of AI and and make it more transparent and more accessible for people um, and and sort of bring in more representation. I'm going to take a pause here and, and let Hugh and Audie also share their thoughts on this as well
0: yeah for sure for sure thanks that's uh it's quite a vivid picture of you know i assume you were all i think undergrads at that point so you're sitting around coffee shop and uh, sort of thinking of a new project which is always exciting uh, when you're young in your career so yeah maybe next we can ask uh adi it sounds like you were sort of a connective glue sort of what was your inspiration to think and get excited about this idea and work on it in those early days?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there were, there were several different motivations, but, um, I remember, um, early on, uh, probably when I was like a freshman or or sophomore, I just sort of observed that many of my friends, um, that, that I respected very highly uh, were were all working on some AI-related project, whether that was a research uh, in, in a research lab or on their own as a side project. And um, at least from my perspective, there wasn't really a group of people um, or, or a club like or, or a place to like talk about these things in, in some shared context. And so I think originally for me. I was sort of wanting a bit more community to uh, to share some of my ideas and talk with other friends, thinking about ideas in AI. And um, and, and I think part of it at the time was there are probably various forms for for graduate students, but as an undergrad, it, at least from my vantage point, didn't seem like uh, there was there was much of an established group. So so originally, I think the motivation was was community. And I think I think secondly, I um I always wanted to um, or one of one of my concrete focus focuses in, in undergrad was I, I wanted to get better at uh, at technical writing. Um, so So I started a blog somewhere around uh, freshman year where I've sort of written about uh, math and computer science topics of various kinds. And uh, I think doing so helped me get better at communicating technical topics in a way that was accessible to a broader audience, and I think this general skill is very useful. And and somehow, I think after lots and lots of discussions, the gradient kind of emerged as this this way to do both, to to create some kind of community within AI um, locally at Stanford at first, and and also uh, as a way to to practice and hone this essential skill of, of technical writing and um, and yeah, of course, now it's it's grown beyond Stanford, but uh, I think originally um, it was yeah largely about those two things for me.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense, and I think we share this quality of uh, I also started a blog in undergrad and, and started sort of discovering that I enjoyed writing things for its own sake and clarifying thoughts, and in some cases uh, writing about more technical subjects. So that was certainly part of what I think brought us together was kind of the idea of it being uh, enjoyable to write and help other people write. Um, So uh, on that note, uh, I wonder, Hugh, yeah, what was your outlook on this early on? What was the appeal? And uh, how have you enjoyed working on it?
1: Yeah, Audrey you bring up a really good point about um, like writing and learning the the skills of uh, writing. I actually think that one of the big things that brought me to the gradient was uh, I wanted to improve my own writing and get, like, feel, uh, find a better way to express my thoughts. Because in a lot of machine learning things, the papers are hard to read. And even though they contain really good ideas, if the rest of the research community can't find and discover those ideas, uh, a lot of it doesn't get built up on. And so just for personal development... Uh, I actually thought it was extremely helpful for my own writing and thinking to be able to uh, write about machine learning research, edit other people's machine learning research and um, develop all that while also making sure the community also um, learned more about all the stuff that we were writing about.
0: Right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I've also worked some on uh, the Stanford AI Lab blog and I've generally helped edit Uh, people's writing in various contexts, sometimes just personal writing, someone just a personal blog. And it's always interesting how much you can learn about writing and communicating thoughts by helping other people write, right? And I think that's part of the appeal for us uh, early on. Um, So uh, yeah, we sort of covered the early days and what drew you to the project. And it sounds like You sort of started thinking about it around January 2018. And if I remember correctly, I got involved around maybe March or so. And then we actually had quite a bit of uh, meetings and trying to get initial articles together uh, before it went live on uh, May of 2018. Uh, so it's now a little bit over two years old as far as public uh, appearance. And then a couple months after that, we had uh, the expansion of the scope to include perspectives. So since we were talking about the early days, I kind of uh, I'm curious to hear um, how you remember that sort of uh, lead up to launch the launch of a site and uh how your kind of expectations when you started to do the project versus the actual effort to do it and make it happen, how that went. And uh yeah, maybe let's start Nancy. Uh what's your memories on that?
3: So my my earliest memories back um when the gradient first started was you no, know, initially it was the four of us. We really it it came out of a idea, it was a complete blank slate and uh we sort of decided we were just going to do whatever it took to make it happen and, and sort of get articles for folks to um, be able to read the gradient. And a lot of the initial authors for the gradient ended up being our, from people in our own personal network. So um, Audie, Hugh, myself, and Eric as well all, all spent a lot of time sort of just reaching out to folks in our network um, who had done AI research and who we felt were also excellent communicators who would be willing to write articles for us. And, we were very lucky to have um, a number of people who were very eager and excited, Andre, like yourself, um, to varying degrees of of follow-on sort of um, collaboration with the gradient of of sort of writing articles and then later uh, forming that initial repertoire of articles that we would publish. So what we sort of decided in the beginning was we didn't want... um, to, we wanted to make sure we had a nice stream of articles when we first launched. So we actually had, I think, maybe a handful of publications that, uh, or, or articles that we had stashed in the background before we even published um, the, our 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 initial sort of note from the editors. That was our first official um, post online. And at that point, we had, you know, made a Twitter account and, and made all these other accounts to, with the hopes that, you know, like a couple people might just follow us and. Uh, and since then we've it's I think it's exceeded a lot of our wildest expectations in terms of how popular the gradient has gotten and and um, I think right now we've uh, we've hit 1 million page views um, since we first started and we have more and more monthly viewers and and it's and it's been an incredibly exciting and satisfying journey and along the way there's, there's also been, like you said, Andre, the, the core team has also changed and expanded over time. So uh, we've brought on a lot of other folks who've been able to help us uh, get more authors, help us manage sort of the website, think about uh, recruiting more editors. So for example, um, when we first started, there was sort of the initial core group of editors was. Was with us, and um, we would solicit articles from other people because we didn't want—we um, really wanted outside opinions, not our own opinions, to be published in the first sort of um, couple articles. And uh, and we were editing them. And then after a while, we realized that wow, this editing process actually takes a lot of work. And and at that point, that's when we realized like, wow, we should really get some more. Uh, people to help us edit and and we started to bring in people from the of ai lab and then from other research instit- institutions across the u.s and then eventually uh outside of the u.s as well yeah, to, to summarize i think the the first three months and four months was was a lot of um us getting folks to help us write articles and and really trying to push the vision um within our own our own communities so that other people would be excited uh, to help
0: i see yeah and uh I guess it was good that you reached out to many people, including me, and then I sort of found what you were doing interesting and started sort of giving more suggestions. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll point out like this whole conversation between us obviously is not to make any claims as to the importance or significance of the gradient of the larger AI community. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's a project we've enjoyed doing and we've had some articles that have seen some leadership and it's been interesting to see kind of evolve and, and to do as one of the activities, uh, we have done to various extents. Uh, so that's why I thought it would be fun to discuss. Uh, and on that note, uh, yeah, maybe I'll also ask, uh, the other two the same question of like, ver- Thinking back to your initial idea versus the work leading up to launch and getting it off the ground and basically making it a real thing, uh, how did uh, how did your initial imagination of it versus the actual process compare and, and uh, how do you remember it now? And I'll, I'll uh, let I speak to that first.
2: Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I think Nancy summarized many of the 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 beginning conversations and, and discussions well. Um, I think one of the uh, important moments early on was when, I think as Andre mentioned, we decided to launch Perspectives. So uh, looking back at some of the earlier articles, we sort of just asked our friends to write about uh, a topic that they were interested in. And most of them were fairly, um, fairly factual in the sense of being, um, very, very detailed and, 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 uh, and interesting, but not really making an, op- uh, an opinion. So, uh, I, I, I guess the word is the, the original articles were largely expository. Um, we had one that Hugh wrote on, uh, speech recognition systems being vulnerable to adversarial attacks. Uh, we had an article on, uh, machine learning on graphs. We had an article on semantic segmentation. But uh, I think Andre, uh, his first article was something like uh, why reinforcement learning is fundamentally flawed. I think we renamed it to reinforcements learning foundational flaw. And uh, I think we needed a slightly different platform to share opinions. And uh, I guess it was, it was about a month after we had published our first articles, that we we launched Perspectives, and uh, I think these are, in my view, I think some of the the coolest pieces we've we've put out, where the authors have been able to share some really strong takes on um, on various topics in AI. So I think that was a pivotal moment. For
0: sure, yeah, I agree, and it, it I think it is interesting to point out how, you know, once you start on a project, once you start on a side project you never really know what it's going to become, right? It sort of evolves in a sense. And so this idea of perspectives and sort of what types of articles would be on the site kind of evolved uh, and wasn't necessarily something you knew from the start. But then it sort of happened. And uh, yeah, I think lately, uh, so the team has been changing and evolving. And uh, I think lately uh, our official lead of the team and of the site and the whole project has been Hugh. Uh, And he has been uh, around and trying to keep us in a consistent pace uh, as we have started getting more articles and more collaborations and things. So, yeah, I think same question, Hugh, Uh, how have you how do you look back on the early days, getting it launched and then kind of sticking around and doing this side project alongside your undergrad, alongside research, along other things? Like, how do you think about it? So looking back?
1: Um, I obviously underestimated the work that the gradient would do in the same way that I underestimate the work that any project that I undertake. But I think it was especially true for the gradient. Um, some other things that I I got wrong is I actually thought that overviews would be the most important thing that we did but I think it's actually around 50-50 between overviews and perspectives with possibly perspectives being um, slightly more influential at least later on Uh, there are like lots of little things about how to write the tweet how to uh, you know post on Reddit what time to post on Reddit stuff like that which we, we basically learned through trial and error Um, And a lot of it was just like testing out things, seeing if it worked. If nothing really broke, we would just keep doing it. Uh, So I personally had a lot of fun time and learned quite a bit about like how an online magazine works.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's another reason I think I wanted to have a chat is it's kind of fun to just reflect on how projects go and how we sort of like projects that take teamwork and that go on for a while, how you do learn a lot as you go. And basically I think it's interesting that the three of you as undergrads just decided to do this, right? Having not done anything and not been directed to do it necessarily. And then, um, yeah, you figured out how to do it on the fly and then we're uh, still figuring out how to do it on the fly. I mean, it's it's still a scrappy kind of side project, but uh, I think it's very, very fulfilling to have something like that. And I would say that I want to partially share this with the gradient listeners uh, to let them know that this is kind of how things go. Is you have an idea that seems exciting and you start working on it and then you realize all of the little things that are required and, and how much work it takes. But as long as you still enjoy it and find it exciting, uh, somehow, maybe eventually it works out and you figure something out and it actually becomes a real thing. Um, moving on from that, maybe on a slightly broader topic, I wonder sort of Yeah. How much do you do you read about AI? What do you what are you thinking about AI as a topic? What drew you to it uh, and drew you to making a project related to it and its discussion early on? And again, let's uh, do our little cycle. So, Nancy, yeah. What is your current, let's say, large view on AI and an interest in this sort of writing?
3: Wow, that's a big question, Andre. So I'm going to narrow it down and just try to answer uh, sort of what what exactly about AI we wanted to address with the gradient and, and what what this sort of initial um, impetus for for the publication was and then and then sort of maybe some broader views that we're interested in um, and I personally am very excited about today. So. I think the the answer to both is actually kind of similar. So when we first started the gradient, there was like I mentioned before, we saw this gap between what was portrayed as AI in the media and uh, what was actually happening in terms of AI research and AI progress and and sort of its implications for society and for work and, and for humanity. And that I remember in the in when we first started the gradient, one of the words we used a lot was hype because. A lot of what we wanted to target was like how we sort of distill the hype or how do we counteract the hype that's that the media was portraying where you would look online and then suddenly in sort of like cbs news or something would be talking about ai taking up the world and um what's what's really interesting for me from like an ai perspective right now is thinking about how ai is going to change way society is going to look in the next um, decade or several decades. And I think um, if you look at, for example, in in the early 1800s, I think about 85% of jobs were in agriculture. And every decade since then, so the 1810s and the 1820s, there were 5% fewer people who worked in agriculture. So by the the 1900s, most of Americans no longer worked in agriculture. And I think this is something that we're going to see in the next couple of decades of AI, where I think a lot of people are scared that like AI is going to change the way that people work um, and and the jobs that we have, and um, and I think that's rightfully true, uh, though I think it is oftentimes exaggerated in the media, and 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 what will really happen is like the I think the transition is at the tool and it is, it's technological progress in the same way that steam engines or steamboats, or or even like fundamental electricity and, or, or farming technologies has changed the progress of society. And really the, the underlying question is bringing people on board to understand where AI is going, what it looks like today, and, um, and helping them understand that um, it isn't necessarily going to mean that jobs will be lost. It can, it's more of a transition of like jobs being lost and new jobs being created and sort of those new jobs being uh, potentially more creative or, or sort of more technological in nature. And um, and I think if you walk into a room today now and you ask people, um, 10 people, if they want to go back to like a farming society where they're farming weed all day long, nine out of 10 of those people probably won't say yes. Um, and and it's interesting because I think when people think about AI now, it's, it's very much the same conversation where you ask them, well, um, they they view AI as this sort of demonized technology that in two years is going to make them lose their jobs and um, I think that's very sad because it's it's actually there's so much potential for AI to do good in this world and um, and helping communicate that and sort of helping more people get on board with that that larger picture of where where the field is going um, so that it, it isn't some scary research that only very few people and um, labs are privy to is is, um, is very exciting for me.
0: yeah definitely that's a great reply to my overly vague <laughs> very big question uh i think I, I agree with a lot of what you said uh, in particular i think what I like still being an editor for Gradient is uh, this idea that it's a platform where researchers can talk directly to non-experts uh, instead of having to go through a journalist or through media uh, that is a little more closed access. Uh, the Gradient, you're trying to make it so anyone can collaborate with us. And, you know, as we get more readership, Uh, we can allow researchers to share their perspectives directly. And uh, that's also partially the idea of this podcast, of course, is to sort of let uh, people outside of AI who think it's interesting get to perspectives of researchers and and listen in directly on those thoughts. I guess I'll I'll pose a similar question, maybe a little more specific uh, to Adi you said that, uh, in undergrad you saw a lot of people around you, a lot of cool people working on AI. So I'm curious, uh, kind of, were you also drawn to AI and its technical, uh, concepts and potential? And was that interest, uh, part of the reason why you got inspired to work on something like the gradient?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, my interest in AI, um, uh, to be honest, probably just came from the fact that it, uh, you know, there's there's some cool applications. I I uh, I did a lot of robotics in high school and thought that seemed cool, and I just kind of got more into AI once I got to Stanford. Um, I I think when it comes to the gradient in particular, I um I felt that a lot of the times at Stanford there was always just like A lot happening within within CS, but in particular AI. I I know that uh, in the past decade, uh, CS majors as a fraction have gone up at Stanford by like five times. And I I believe the most popular concentration within the CS major is the AI track. Um, And yeah, it it always seemed like there was a lot happening, but uh, it was hard to know what was important amongst like the. The thousands of important, or, or the, the thousands of research papers published in a year, like which ones were actually going to be important. Um, and I think the gradient in that sense was uh, largely about solving a problem I had, just trying to find uh, the signal from this like vast array of of things happening within uh, CS and AI in particular. Um, and, and I guess also just echoing something you said, Andre. Um, I think that like previously, uh, and 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 I guess today as well. Like my main two sources for learning and reading about AI have been like Hacker News and maybe um, sources like MIT Tech Review. And then on the other end of the spectrum. Like uh reading archive papers or, or perhaps using uh, the popular open source package archive sanity, which uh, I'm a huge fan of um, but it but it always seemed like there wasn't quite anything in in between, something that was a bit more researchy than MIT tech review but but also readable and and something that doesn't take like several weeks to understand uh, and and somehow, I think the gradient was a way to like fill this middle ground that uh, that seemed to be lacking, uh, particularly uh, when I when I first started at Stanford.
0: I see. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I also view it a little bit like that, where I mean, at the time, there were already kind of a tradition of blog posting started by people like Andre Karpafi And I think all of us read some of these seminal blog posts and were very inspired. And part of what I like about the gradient is that uh, if you haven't already started a blog or you don't already have a lot of f- following, but you like the sort of writing and you would like to try your hand at it to, you know, benefit the community. Now there is a place where you can work with editors and uh, work on something without necessarily having to start a blog and, you know, do that all on your own. Um, so on that note, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll ask you, is that also your outlook or maybe, yeah, where do you see the gradient slotting into a broader conversation? And, uh, is it kind of what you thought of when you first started or has it changed?
1: So, uh, I agree with everything that Audie and Nancy have said. Well, I think one additional thing that the gradient does is, uh, it exposes the research of people who don't already have big platforms to announce their stuff on. So people with large Twitter followings or, you know, widespread name recognition can already uh, spread their research really strongly. But a lot of people who don't have that can also write an article on the gradient. And oftentimes the well-written, if it's well-written and popular, it will uh, like be read by a lot more people than would be read by normally. And I feel like that's one of the, the, the most important thing that the gradient does um because otherwise the discussion is just dominated by whatever is trendy at the moment and in this way we can get a lot of uh unheard but still very important voices out there for everyone to hear
0: definitely that's a great point um Yeah, I think on that note, we've covered a lot of uh, the origin story and uh, the motivations, the process, the current outlook. Uh, I think it's been interesting to reflect and reminisce and and also fun Um, to cap things off. uh, I'll just ask uh, any last thoughts, anything else you'd like to add with respect to the gradient or maybe AI or anything you you think might be interesting to mention to listeners.
3: So I will say we're always looking for writers and um, excited folks who want to be a part of the community and in, in helping edit and and really sort of push the mission of the gradient forward. And um, would we'll welcome any feedback from folks who are listening to this podcast. And and also Andre, thank you so much for taking the time to to sort of reminisce with us a bit about the early days. And and uh, it was very fun. We haven't had a chance to talk about. Uh, really the founding of the gradient since it happened two years
0: ago okay yeah that's that's a great note to add on uh that's a great point uh let me point out that the thing we're talking about is the gradient you can go to the gradient.pub that's the url to see it we have a link to contribute uh on the navigation bar so if you want to write to us you can take a look there uh, thank you, Hugh, Adi, and Nancy for joining us for this chat. I hope uh, people do enjoy it. And of course, if you've enjoyed this episode of Last Talk AI, please uh, rate us on any platforms you're using and share it with your friends. And tune in to
3: our future episodes.